Welcome to the Business Behind Your Business, conversations to help your business grow and thrive. Hi, I'm Paul Sweeney, founder of Predium Solutions, chartered accountant and certified business advisors, hosting the Business Behind Your Business. Today we're looking at the topic of technology and apps for efficiency, for processing um, of anything in your business from sales through to customer acquisition through to how you actually put together and produce things. And there's a lot of hype around technology and, and you know new software at the moment, particularly when we're around this Black Friday sales area of the year, the Cyber, Cyber Monday, uh, always a good deal out there. And the question we've got to ask is, is it going to actually help your business? Now, there's a lot of technology out there, and I'm familiar with um, a lot of the tools that we use, but uh, in, in terms of technology in general and what apps you should be using and how they all fit together, I thought it's best to bring in the experts. So I've got Luke Icavelli from Unitech IT Solutions with me. Welcome back, Luke. Hi, Paul. Thank you for having me. Great to be here. Yeah, it's always good to good to hear from uh, somebody that is you know, entrenched in that field and understands what's going on because often we, we look at things and we, we get attracted to the bright, shiny object and think that's going to be the solution for my business. But often there's a better way or a different way that's going to be more effective for us. And, and look, we, we've had this conversation before about spending money on software that you don't actually need. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, as most people can appreciate, there are millions and millions of different applications and, and technology out there that can be used, you know, for different purposes. Some are good, some aren't. <laughs> and so, you know, it's very important to understand those applications and really what the business needs to be able to function efficiently, profitably, and improve in that productivity space. Yeah, so really, I guess before you spend money on technology, you need to understand what you're trying to achieve, what what your business is, what your processes are. And, and, and look, we've all been very cost conscious of late, uh, particularly in the last two years, looking at being cost conscious. And there's been a, I guess, a move towards really scrutinizing how much we're spending on technology and, and cutting back costs. And there's a lot of free tools out there, which people have been jumping at. Now, I, I'm a bit skeptical about a lot of free tools myself, because often I find that when I go into there, there's, there's, there's features that are missing that I need. So I've invested time in, in using this free tool, but the actual features that I really need from that product that are really going to drive my efficiency are ones I've got to pay for. What, what's your comment on that? Yeah, look, um, we've obviously seen a lot of paid and, and free technology or applications that exist in the market. Quite often the free ones are through open source type sites or, or locations where you, you get the product for free. Yes, quite often it's a cut down, dumbed down version of that particular application that you're trying to use with a lot of the features cut out. Also, a lot of the time support and maintenance is also missing and even training. And a lot of these companies say, look, you can have it for free. Here you go. You go to open it up. You have no idea what to do. So you need to get some training. And that's where they start to charge. And so that's where they recoup, the, the, I guess, the losses of giving you the software for free. The other thing with open source is it's open source, which means that it, it, it's shared. It's shared amongst the community. There's issues regarding data security, potentially, with certain open source applications as well, meaning you can use it for free, but you know, things that you might do 
to your version of the application, it, might, it can be shared with everybody else. And these might be unique operational or, you know, tools that you have configured the program to do for your business that potentially your competitors could get a hold of. And so that looks at, looking at that versus purchasing a product where you're obviously paying a subscription fee or a one-off cost for it, and for that you get, you know, a, B, and C. So you, you get explained what you get given. You get usually support included, and, and it's more of a complete package uh, for you to use. So it's just being aware of those differences. Open source is great, don't get me wrong. It has a purpose. But in terms of day-to-day -day operational requirements, probably best to look at more paid or you know vendor-driven products such as Microsoft, Google, even Apple products and things like that that are, you know, paid applications. Mm. And, and so you just mentioned Microsoft and, and Google and Apple. And I think what's often overlooked is the, well, I guess, the breadth of applications and tools that are available through your, your, your base subscription or your Office 365 subscription. I've just opened up the, the apps tab in my, in, in my Office 365 and and there's several pages of different applications that I, I've already got access to as part of that, that subscription. So um, some of those I've never seen before. So I've probably paid for something that's duplicating that that tool or that process. Absolutely. Look, Microsoft, even Google and, and some of these other business application tools, they've got hundreds of different products that uh, integrate into those or come as part of the subscription. That in itself, there's a, a you know a plethora of different subscriptions to pick from. So you know different plans with different offerings, uh, different pricing, different apps that are included and that are not included, and features as well. So I, I guess that the, the the key point is to start looking at what is it that you need as a business. Then looking at what have I got already that I'm paying for, and do I know all the things that I've got within that product. And if there are things that are missing, see whether or not there are plugins or add-ons that you can purchase from those vendors that will work. For example, there are a range of different plugins that work into Teams or into Microsoft 365, likewise with Google. So these, you know, may not be a feature within the Microsoft product itself, but you know, for an extra fee or, or these are approved plugins, you can get those to, to complement what you're doing. And so quite often you find that clients have got five or six applications that all have a feature that all do the same thing. And so you're paying for all of these. So um, really understanding what you have and what, what you need, what you have, is important to understand whether or not you need to buy extra stuff or whether you can scale down and say, look, I don't really need this product anymore because Microsoft has what I need to have to do that thing. And so you can save some money that way as well. Yeah, and look, when, when money is tight, particularly, that, that's a good time to be having that review or undertaking that review and being more critical of it. But, you know, most startup businesses, the money is always tight. So it's probably better to invest in one suite of products that can actually deliver the, the bulk of your needs than go and piecemeal add up all the different applications because the more applications you're using that aren't working or aren't integrated, the more learning you've got to do. 
Of course, yeah. the more learning and, and quite often, as we said, the, the more cost that's associated with it. So look, uh, we've helped a lot of businesses with reviewing of software in general. And quite often they come to you and they say to you, we're doing everything manually. And so we need something to fix this. So you take them through the journey. And a lot of this is to do with the digital transformation journey. So taking them on that journey of going, well, look, let's improve these processes. Let's make operations more streamlined. Let's use technology. Let's, you know, get you into that digital space, which ultimately would result in improved profitability. What happens is that they do everything manually. We start to show them some things. And quite often what they do is they get a bit ahead of themselves. They start to get excited. And so they go, well, can I do this and can I do that? And so before you know it, you've suddenly gotten to the point where they're talking about things that are not really what the original intention was. And so when you start to say, well, look, it doesn't quite do that much stuff, they start to focus on the negative and not the positive. So if you're doing 100% of things manually, and we provide you with a product or a solution or there's a solution out there that'll do 90% of what you need. Don't focus on the 10% that it does it. Focus on the 90% that it does to improve what you were doing 100% manually before. And then the other 10% that's missing from the, the, the application or the suite of products, there might be some other plugins or things to fill in. So I guess the key message there is, is, is focus on on. You know, if you're doing things manually, look at all the positives in what is being presented. Don't focus on the negatives because it's very hard to find the product that does everything. <laughs> so and yeah. that, that's the big that's the big thing. I guess the other point uh, that I see a lot on on what you've just said is a business will take its manual process and try and replicate that using technology. Correct. And one of the one of, and by doing that, you're missing out on a lot because technology will actually help you achieve the outcome in a more efficient way. Now, what that means is that the technology has actually eliminated several of those manual steps in that process. I think back to the days when we first had laser printers and people would print out a letter, sign it, and then go and photocopy it and file it rather than just printing two copies to start with. And we added to our inefficiencies by creating extra manual steps. So maybe as part of this process is actually reviewing what steps can you eliminate from, from your process that that aren't necessary or, or can be, you can change the way you do things to be more efficient using technology. And then I think maybe those that, that final 10%, when we get to, to looking at them, most of those might not be relevant anymore because we've we've changed the way we've, we, we're looking at our processes. No, absolutely. I think that's a very good point in that businesses need to be open-minded about their operations. And they need to also be prepared that if you're going to adopt a new technology as part of that digital transformation technology adoption journey, that you may need to change some of your operation or your processes to better suit the application or better suit better ways of doing it. As you said, you know, if you were printing out a letter to sign, to scan, to send back again, and you can do that all digitally through a couple of clicks, right you, you've you've freed up what was 10 minutes of time in a few seconds that can be put towards other things so very very important that that falls into a bit more change management and understanding unfortunately the larger the business the more difficult the change management process is that's been our experience also clients you know they can be very very set 
in their mind frame about, well, look, this is how we do things. Yes, that that's fine. And if there's a way to replicate that, great. But that m- doesn't necessarily mean that that is the best way to move forward or the best use of the technology that you've got. So just be, you know, listeners need to be open-minded about the fact that if they're going to go through some of this digital transformation, that, you know, potentially processes may need to be reviewed uh, and adjusted to suit. Mm, yeah, definitely. There's going to, well, the whole point of going through a change process is to get a better outcome or a Correct. better way of delivering it. So I think we need to let go of some of the, the, the steps that we hold on to and, and, and find that more efficient way of operating. And, and look, you, you mentioned the word profitability in there, that there's the change process, the new technology, the adaption of new systems is to help your business become more profitable. One of the negatives I've seen from a lot of businesses is that they find they've implemented technology which means they're faster at uh, producing a a result or producing the outcome and immediately they slash the prices that they're charging for their service. Now uh, to me that's a backward step because you want to become more efficient at delivering your service. The, The value of the service and the process that you're delivering to your customer hasn't changed. So we shouldn't be reducing our prices just because we've become more efficient. No, absolutely. Look, you know, our business has been around for 32 years and, and we've always been of the philosophy that, you know, technology is there to help businesses. It's not there to hinder. Quite often, unfortunately, technology is always seen as that dreaded cost versus, you know, it makes me no money. Well, you know, you know, I harbour on the fact that, you know, Clients say that technology is a cost and doesn't produce them any money. But if I was to come over and turn off their computers or pull the power out of their systems and they've got no access to anything, what happens then? So suddenly technology is, in essence, a crust of of any successful business. So, you know, when it comes to profitability, the technology needs to be the right fit for the right business and it needs to be set up in a way that it allows them to be profitable. There's no point having five different applications doing unique things for your business if, you know, they don't talk to each other or they're not interacting the way you're supposed to. And so clients get frustrated and they go, well, I'll just pour more money into it and more money into it. And then, you know, hundreds of thousands, in many cases, millions of dollars down the track, 10 years from now, they've spent all this money on trying to get two applications to talk to each other that will never design to talk to each other versus going, well, you know what? Maybe I should scrap both those applications and go to market and see if there is a better application that'll do what I need it to do. So it's also making sure that they're working together properly and that they've been set up correctly, which ultimately leads in, you know, being able to uh, streamline the operations, which results in more profitability. But I, I, I agree, just because you're doing things more efficiently doesn't mean you need to be doing things or setting your prices uh, cheaper. If anything, you should be maintaining or increasing the prices but offering more value for money or more service because you are freed up from all the manual processing that you were doing before that the technology has hopefully eliminated or replaced for you. So it's just a, a, a juggling act to fine-tune that setup, that technology setup, and understanding you know, what is the best solution for the, for the business. Mm, yeah, absolutely. And I think we'd be more conscious of saving time through our processes with, you know, you know, the whole working from home environment and having interrupted days where we can't necessarily 
just sit at a task for a block of time without getting interrupted, you know, working from home activities like the, the lawnmower and the kids and mm. all, of, all of those activities. So I think there, there's a lot that we can do there. And I think um, being wise with how we choose our technology, and we've, we've been focusing talk here on, on apps and processes. You know, one of the things that you and I have talked about in the past as well that is is even just around the hardware that you use. And I'm, I'm a little surprised by the number of professionals I've seen that work with a laptop, which is great, but they're still typing with a laptop keyboard, they're typing, they're operating with a laptop mouse, and they've got a, a small screen trying to view multiple applications. Simple simple steps are, are multiple monitors. So, uh, you know, what's your take on, on working from one screen to working with multiple screens? Look, I don't know any client that is using two screens that would ever say they want to go back to one. In fact, I'm having, uh, uh, there's, there's a lot of, the next evolution is the third screen. So absolutely, look, I think COVID has also brought to the, to the table how businesses operate and how they use their technology. Obviously, when they had to send staff home, the traditional desktop wasn't quite right. So there was a mad rush to purchase laptops and docking state. You can function everything that you do with a desktop through a laptop and you can do it better through a docking station. It allows you to connect external monitors. You can have a setup exactly the same as you have in the office at home. So all you have to transport with you each and every day is your laptop itself, and you just plug straight in. Most of the docking stations these days are USB Type-C connections, so they work with pretty much any USB Type-C compatible laptop. So it's not even a matter of, well, I've got a HP laptop, I need to have a HP dock. No, you can get a, any USB type dock and there's there's a lot more, I guess, fluidity between the different uh, vendors. And absolutely, you know, two screens, you can even have the laptop open as a third smaller screen. I operate with three screens, two large 22, 24 inch screens on my desk and I have my laptop screen open as well as my third screen, which I use for, you know, file directory or any smaller, not critical stuff. And I operate everything else from the two screens. And when I ever have to go, you know, back to one laptop screen for whatever reason, if I'm in a meeting or what have you, and there is no dock available, it's very frustrating. <laughs> I can assure you <laughs> of that. Um, but just little things like that, you know, and also, you know, if you're, you know, doing large spreadsheet, you know, maybe the laptop that you're using, you know, the 13-inch one is probably not sufficient for you. You might need to have a 15-inch one. Or if you need a, your numeric keypad on the side, you know, understanding the different options as well is, is very important and making sure that when you do request, look, I need a new laptop from whoever you purchase your laptops from, that they're asking you the right questions to say, well, look, what are you using it for? I'm on the go all the time. I need something small, lightweight with a touchscreen. Perfect. Well, no, I'm sitting at a desk all day looking at spreadsheets. I need something a little bit more powerful or robust. So there's a multitude of different options in terms of hardware. And, and you know, we're approaching, you know, the, the you know, the, the sales period as the lead up to Christmas, you know, Cyber Monday and, and all these, you know, reduced discounted technologies. Before you go out and buy things, just understand what it is you're buying and, and, and do you need it? You know, you do you need to buy the new laptop or is it just a matter of saying, well, look, I, I just maybe need a bit more RAM or uh, an SSD drive or a docking station or just, you know, understanding what you need from a hardware perspective is also equally important. Mm. And the docking station, you can get those portable 
quite slimline docking stations, which are very handy if you are on the go with your laptop. Because I, I'm just looking at the size of my laptop. It's quite thin and doesn't actually have a lot of ports available. So I think I've got one one HDMI port and and a couple of USBs. And but but for me to actually plug in my multiple monitors to my laptop. Well, there I have a problem because I don't have the number of ports, and that's where your, your docking stations come in quite handy. So, you know, that's a, that's a simple piece of equipment that's going to save you a lot of time, even just plugging in cables in, when you're first setting up in the day. Oh, yeah. absolutely. How and many a times of, a day do you do that? <laughs> <laughs> and a lot of the vendors make small mini travel docks, and they're specifically called travel docks. Again, they connect into one USB-C port on your machine, and they provide you with, you know, not every single port that a traditional dock would, but certainly enough for you to be able to connect some additional devices, monitors, even connect into someone else's network if you need to. So, you know, the little travel docks are also, you know, great to slip in the in your bag and in, in your laptop bag and, and, and carry around with you if you need those extra ports. But then, you know, it comes down to the fact that, again, if you're using the cloud and you're using other applications, you may not need other ports. You know, you mm. can take your laptop to a cafe or go on holidays and you can access what you need to access anywhere around the world uh, at any time. So it, it all links together and uh, and works as, as sort of, you know, that whole technology piece. Mm. Oh, that's great. So, so, Luke, today we've talked about a number of things, say, about improving efficiencies and the way that we do things. And we've looked at some of the, the, the technology side, the, sort of the application side, how we actually all of the tools that help us produce or, or go about, you know, collecting sales information, collecting customer information, or actually producing an outcome. I've also looked at some tips around hardware. I think the key thing that, you, that you've mentioned is make sure you understand what you need before you go and spend the money. Would that, any anything you want to add to that? No, look, absolutely. You know, uh, you need to know what you need first to be able to determine where to go from there. And then once you know what you need, have a look at what you're already using because you may find that you already have what you need. It just hasn't been set up. It hasn't maybe been, you weren't aware of it. And so you can leverage off that instead of straight away going to market and going, well, I need to find, you know, a workflow automation tool. Well, 365 that you're already using may already have workflow automation. And so just understanding what you've already got and maximizing those before you go out and get more and spend more money on, on more applications. Thanks, Luke. So very wise wise advice there. And look, if you want to get in contact with Luke, Luke's contact details will be in the show notes. I know he'd be happy to chat to you about your IT requirements and can recommend Luke because we use him personally in our business. And yeah, def- definitely got us set up on the right track there. So thanks again for your your time Luke and, and we've got a summary of some of the key points of what Luke and I have talked about and that'll be available on the uh, the businessbehindyourbusiness.com website so have a look at that and there's a few extra tips that we've thrown in there and some links to some some good resources if you want a closer look at some of the applications that might be available to you so thanks my pleasure, time, Luke. Paul. thank you very much thank you thanks Paul thanks for listening Do you have a question you'd like our team of experts to answer? If you do, send your question to podcast at thebusinessbehindyourbusiness.com. To hear more from The Business Behind Your Business, don't forget to subscribe using your favourite podcast player. Or you can visit thebusinessbehindyourbusiness.com website.